Hey, you. My name is Fred Oakman. And as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PSS is Awesome. We're a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 310. This is a show where we share our films about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash PSS is Awesome. And if you want to check out our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81. And Mr. Jake Peters is jakesaw01. As always, you can write us at awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments, rate us, give us a little thumbs up, subscribe, like. As they say, if you're watching on YouTube, ring the bell. As a reminder, we're a video podcast as well, so you can watch us on YouTube. So please subscribe to that. Trying to grow our listener base and audience this year. Slowly but surely, it will happen. For new and or long-time listeners, we do have a Patreon. So you can support our show for $1 a month. The $1 level is called the one and only $1 Club. It is the only level that we offer. And uh, in exchange, you will get a shout-out on the show, a die-cut vinyl sticker right here in my hand if you're watching. And... uh you know, you can feel good about throwing a dollar our way every month and saying, hey guys, I like your podcast. I listen to you guys. So here you go. It's a token of gratitude. And uh, yeah, we appreciate that. But uh, it's never, never expected, but it is appreciated. So you can go to that at patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. With that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing today? We're recording this on Sunday. Um. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I... My sleep schedule's all screwed up from vacation, so, like, I didn't sleep, like, hardly at all this past week, mm. and uh, so I'm, I was kind of tired, but I was able to get some sleep last night, mm-hmm. but I still didn't get to bed till late, which is annoying because I really wanted to go to bed early last night, and, uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't up doing anything crazy or whatever. We we're just watching movies and I watched a hockey game and uh, then we just went to bed. But uh, yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty good. Otherwise, I got um, my mom, I don't, know, probably, I don't know if you can see it on the video here. I got this Ooh. mug. It doesn't look anything special, it's but it's actually, it's actually a self-heating mug. Oh, all right. So uh, my mom got it for me for Christmas. So I'm trying it out today for the first time because I always have a cup of coffee when we do these podcasts in the mornings. Yeah. And it always goes cold in like the first 10 minutes. Yeah. So I want to try this. And theoretically, it'll keep it at temperature for, I don't know, it's like, it's actually pretty impressive, like hours. Wow. So until you have to recharge it. If you have the base or whatever, it'll it'll keep it hot indefinitely. Mm. But yeah, so <clears throat> trying that out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't know. It snowed here, so that's cool. Yeah, it feels him like, on about. It feels like winter here now. Sorry, I stood up. Which is okay. Second. I mean, I'm. I I would rather it pick a lane. Yeah, I don't mind it. It being. Uh, I don't mind it being. Whatever. Wintry. 25 degrees and snowing as long as it just like it's consistent. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't like it when it when it goes up and down because it fucks with my sinuses. No, I can But I, yep. I just got to decide if I'm I'm like been real lazy the past few years about plowing my driveway because mm. quite frankly, it doesn't really like it just melts. It doesn't the next matter. Day. Right. Like we, 
like it doesn't really matter, but at the same time, if it starts to melt and then like it freezes again, my driveway turns into a sheet of ice. So mm. you gotta be careful about that. But anyway, not really important, yeah. I guess. <laughs> it's nice to look outside and see a plowed driveway or a plowed or a shoveled sidewalk. It's nice to see it. But then, yeah, if it's just going to yeah. melt, why are you going to waste your time? You know what I mean? We're only here for so long. <laughs> well, you you are legally obligated to shovel your sidewalk, are you not? Yeah, I think I am. Because yeah. because uh, traffic. the sidewalk is like owned by the city. city thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also so. legally obligated to keep a manicured lawn, which I kind of do, but not usually. Well, you do it better than on a lot of people who... Yeah, that's true. They just fuck off and wait mm. for the government to come see them, and then they just never do. So, yeah. I mean, who's going to fuck with somebody like one random house in the middle of a bunch of houses that has long grass, unless, like, all of the neighbors complain to the city? Mm-hmm. So, I'll tell you what's interesting, anyway. and then we can get on with the show. I, I don't have anything to report on uh, non non-game wise except for maybe for anyone that cares uh warhammer not space marine surprisingly not 40k um they used to have uh this you know they used to be based in like high fantasy right like all the the war gaming shit like with elves and fucking like dwarves and cool shit like that um so uh games workshop are rebooting the old world right now and uh, this shit is super expensive. But, like, so in 2015, they stopped making all that high fantasy shit um, with the cool square bases and the minis. And, like, they just kind of moved into Age of Sigmar and, like, uh, which I don't play. And, uh, you know, these the Space Marine shit's always been big. But uh, they, they've rolled things. They've brought things back to what people call Old Hammer. Which is fucking cool as shit. It's like the the minis are just really, they look old school. So it like tickles that nostalgia bone for people. But um, I wanted to bring that up because that's kind of yeah, cool. it's awesome. I'm, sorry, I'm just looking at screenshots because I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, looks pretty freaking cool. Yeah, the old world shit. I, I like how the, uh, um, I like how the bases are square, so you can like kind of lock them all together. Yeah. As squads and stuff yeah dude That's pretty it looks neat. so it looks like a money pit to me but like it looks really fun um and it's and it those tabletop games are all done with like rulers like you like your squads can move like four inches or three inches on the yeah. table you know and then you angle them and then you roll for you know attack and stuff but it really is like as if you're some sort of uh battle commander playing your friend's army you know and you're just duking it out and and got all these cool fucking factions and shit it's really fun man but they they just rebooted it and the pre-orders for the two startup kits for the tomb kings and i think the other one was like like the emperor or something i don't know what it was but went live yesterday but dude for one of these one of these kits it's like 250 dollars which is insane and that's just one army and it's like how the fuck like because this is just the beginning like you know they're gonna bring out I'm, a, I'm presuming a lot of additional miniatures to like, you know, um, tack on and create different armies. So like, it's weird that they cancel the shit and then they bring it back. And then it's like, what was old is now new again and like cool. 
But I love the aesthetic of these minis and the way that this looks like it works. Um, I know that they still do like the tabletop game with Age of Sigmar and stuff, and they have like the Rat Clans and stuff, and they have some of that stuff going on, but it just doesn't have this vibe. You know, that feels like you're reading White Dwarf in like 1992 or something. Like, it's just cool as shit. I don't know. There's something really appealing about it. I will not be getting into it. But um, this got me kind of excited, though. And and the only reason I bring it up is because you guys know I'm a big HeroQuest fan. You know, uh, been just kind of – HeroQuest is seeing a resurgence. Unfortunately, it's through Hasbro. And Hasbro laid off a ton of people recently and people are like really worried that like this is the end of hero quest you know that we we got it and they're not gonna you know provide additional shit for it but i'm thinking in the back of my mind that maybe games workshop saw the interest in hero quest because they initially went in with milton bradley on the original hero quest and hasbro bought it out or whatever but um that's why they couldn't remake hero quest for such a long time because games workshop owned a lot of the rights some of us they had to work out a deal where they can use it but not use the games workshop titles like chaos warriors and shit like that and they rebranded some stuff but long story short now they're going back to the old world and then it's just like for those who don't know there was a game called advanced hero quest which was strictly games workshop and it was a dungeon crawler and it used like a lot of this high fantasy shit and they've also been recently tackling these uh Warhammer Quest all in one box like instead of like tabletop gaming like where you have big armies and like a huge fucking board it's more like a modular smaller here's a here's a board game but it's all mini based so here Advanced Hero Quest was like that it came with these modular tiles but they gave you the the the, the rules and everything was created on tables. So, like, you roll dice and be like, okay, the end of this hallway is a T section or a bear's left. And, like, you roll how many doors are in this next hallway. So, it was completely randomly gen- generated. It's the only game like that of its time. But it was too complex for me to learn as a kid. I have it. But they have since made, like, Cursed City and Blackstone Fortress, which are, like, these all-in-one kind of enjoyable gaming experiences that still – utilize things from what they were working on at the time, right? So, like, Curse City has, like, these ghoulish uh, grave guys and, like, you know, it's when they were pushing, like, that necromancer shit. And then, like, Blackstone Fortress has, I think it's kind of like knights with, like, Space Marine Knight kind of shit. So my excitement is, is, like, if they do another... Warhammer Quest box, an all-in-one gaming thing, are they going to tap into the old world? And then if they do, and they see the success of HeroQuest, could this spell out a remake of Advanced HeroQuest, Warhammer Quest? be fucking dope if they did this. It would light the world on fire. Like, people would go absolutely apeshit. Anyhow... Or at least the 12 people in the forum that you visit. Oh, no, man. There's so many people <laughs> that would just fucking lose their mind if this happened. Here, Advanced Hero Quest is still arguably the best dungeon. Not not Hero Quest that we played, Jake, but the Advanced Hero Quest is like apparently like I've never played one quest of this, but I've watched playthroughs and stuff, and it is awesome. It's super cool the way it works. Uh, yeah, you're mm. not really tied to any kind of specific character. There's like true character creation and stuff and a rule for stats. And then you make your guy and then you go into this fucking 
windy anything can happen procedurally generated dungeon with your friends and it's fucking wild um but it looks really cool but anyways enough about my nerding out um we're gonna talk about video games today we were talking about lawn and i will digress real quick have you seen the youtube videos of the guy chelsea and i've been watching this guy i don't know what he goes by where he literally he has a youtube channel He's like a landscaping dude. He's just him, though. And he's, like, always really nice. He's, like, about paying it forward and shit. And he'll go to, like, these neighborhoods. And, like, he'll find someone with just, like, the most atrocious-looking fucking yard. And he'll just knock on their door and be like, hey, uh, you know, I notice your grass is getting kind of tall. Do you have any objections? I'm going to film this. You know, I'm just trying to get my channel up. But I do yard work. Uh, Do you have any objection to me just cleaning up your yard? Is that fine? And then, like, like he'll find, like, some of the nastiest fucking dirtiest. Like, sidewalks don't even exist anymore. They're all overgrown, you know? And he just mm. tell he's so nice. He's like, hey, it looks like, you know, grass is getting a little long here. Do you mind if I, you know, trim up outside? You know, is that fine? And they're like, well, what are you going to charge me? And he's like, no, it's on me. It's nothing. And some people, like, don't believe him. And some people are like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. Whatever you want to do, man. Yeah, fix it up. Like, just people who don't give a fuck about yards. And it's just like he goes out and he makes these videos, these time lapse videos of him cleaning up people's yards, and it and it tickles the same like uh, like funny bone that like playing Power Wash Simulator tickles. It's like you slowly watch this fucked up looking yard, and like of course he speeds up the video, uh, but you still hear the sounds of lawnmowers and weed whackers and. You know, and he's like using the edger, and he just uncovers shit that you would have had no idea. Like these really nice sidewalks that wind and stuff that were just buried by yard, and he's like shoveling all this fucking loose grass out and using a pressure washer. He does it for free, but then like he has millions of views online, and he's making all his money on YouTube, which is really fucking smart. But uh, dude, like he has some interesting things too, where like cops will pull over and stuff, and like like hey, what do you like? He had one land landlord. He thought the place was abandoned because it had like notices on the doors and stuff. He's like, I'm just gonna fucking clean the yard up because this looks like shit, you know. And he's like, I'm gonna video it. And like a land like a landowner showed up because a neighbor called. They knew who owned the property, and he showed up. And he's like, What the fuck you doing? And he's like, Dude, I'm cleaning the yard up. And he was like, Get out of here! I don't want no fucking bill. And he's like, Yo, dude, no, it's free. I'm just, this is what I do. And then the guy like warms up to him. He's like, oh, okay. Well, if you're not going to charge me, I think do whatever you want, you know, just pricks in the world, you know, that he deals with. But like cops will show up and, and uh, he thinks he's getting in trouble. Like, oh, I watch your video. This is so cool. You're here doing this. And he's like, yeah, I'm just fucking running a weed whacker. But he gets all this attention. It's really cool, man. It's like, I want to do this now. Like, I just want to fucking work on yards. It'd be so peaceful. It'd be so relaxing. You know what I mean? Like if you can make. Dude, you complain about doing yard work for 15 minutes at your house. Yeah, but here's you the thing. You want to go clean up some of these nasty-ass yards? if I had millions of dollars uh, coming in, I needed millions of dollars. You probably get like a couple thousand a month just doing this shit on YouTube. Like, what? Jeez, maybe more. Who knows? He gets all kinds of sponsorships, too, and he's got these zero turns, and he's wearing all the clothing and stuff. So, like, he gets all this cool yard gear, I'm sure, for free. I don't know. We don't need to talk about it. But look him up. I, I Just look up, like, yard work or something. I'm sure he'll come up. There's a yeah, couple. I, dudes I've that seen do videos. It. I've seen videos like that before. Yeah. Um, and they're pretty awesome, to be honest with you. It's just, like you said. It's like a. It's a very power wash simulator esque kind of thing where they're just like you're just watching. Uh, 
you know, sanity slowly take back over. And it's fun. Yeah, dude. Like there, there'll be like long grass around the base of a tree in the time lapse. I'm like, man, I can't wait till he weed whacks that out of there. You know, and then he does like, oh, so, so much better. You know, you just watch these slow things like, oh, I can't wait till he edges that sidewalk, man. It's going to look so much sweeter. And then he's like, like yeah, I knew it. And it was going to be awesome looking. And it just looks good. You just watch it. It's fun. But anyways, dude, Chelsea's been just absolutely, uh, you know, just enamored with these videos. But anyways, let's talk about some video games, like I said. So, dude, every – I didn't even get my notes started yet. Every episode we talk about games that we're currently playing – if you're unfamiliar with our show format, um, I am still not back to Resident Evil 4 in VR. My neck is much better. I'm probably going to jump into that this week, um, finish it out. But I have been diving deeper into Final Fantasy 16, which I haven't played yet um, all the way through. And I know Jake has played it. But I- I'll tell you what, like there-, there are some twists and turns here that I didn't anticipate, which is nice. But they really... Uh, I'm just gonna just. I know I already talked pretty much at length about the game uh, last episode, but as I dive deeper, I've got a few more things I wanted to say about this that I that I think is like. I don't know if it was ever discussed in reviews or stuff because I didn't want anything spoiled for me, so I kind of stayed distant from this game when it released. But Jake, I think like this is gonna be spoiler free. I th- I think it's weird. That this feels like a game, but at the same time, it doesn't really feel like a game to me. There are a lot of cutscenes. I mean, there are a ton of cutscenes, like, and and which is fine. And the gamey moments are definitely gamey, and the the combat has gotten difficult. I've died once now, but uh, it's it's like the. It's almost like you don't even need the traversal because like getting from point A to point B in this game isn't really fun. It feels very rinse and repeat and and all those old Final Fantasy it, I mean I don't, before anyone starts writing it, I know that they get grindy, but like it's not really fun fighting the non-boss characters because it's just like I feel like I can just trounce them. And it's like, boom, 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 kill him. Okay, grab the gill. And then you go a little further. And then you see something glittering in the distance. And you're like, oh, I better go make sure I pick that up. And then there's like three enemies that pop out. They're not even a challenge. And it's just like, it's just like, I feel like the game in that regard, while I understand what RPGs are and what Final Fantasy games are, I feel like they could have done something to, to make it feel like it respects my time a little more. That's my only real critique of it. The environments are fantastic, but it seems like there's a lot of nothingness in this game, if that makes sense. Like, there's a lot of empty, this is pretty, but doesn't serve a purpose. Like, there are corridors I'll walk down in, like, open cities, and I'll be like, oh, I wonder what's down here. And, like, it looks awesome from a distance, and then you get to it, and it's just like, it's just like the, the, you've reached the edge of the sandbox, and there's nothing. And it's like, okay... Like this looks really nice, it you know, but like, I don't know, man. I I like the story, and then some of the things that happened in this game with the world traveling. It's, I don't know. It's like if you're gonna take me there, just don't make me. 
I don't know. I, I guess I don't think it's fun getting to the final battles in in the missions. You know what I mean? Like the getting there seems tedious to me. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm an outlier, but like I, it just seems the game's good. The story's good. The, the the mechanics cool. I like the way that you can cycle through different powers or whatever, the icons or whatever, and it's fun. I, I've got a lot to go. I, I think I've got like 15 hours in or 16 hours in right now, but I, I have three skills now as far as that. You said there were like seven or eight. Uh, Yeah. So what did you get the did you get the lightning yeah. skill? Mm-hmm. So you just started like sort of the second act of the game where you're uh it's like 5 years later or whatever. Yeah, that that was like out of nowhere and yeah. You know, I thought spoiling things you have a different name and you're like, "What? What's going on?" Like they said, I mean, they said before the game launched that there were three different time periods in the game. Okay. I didn't pay um, attention. But, yeah. Yeah, but uh I mean, that's, uh, I mean, obviously, it, I, I guess I'm just curious what your expectation of the game was before you started mm. playing it, because it's, uh, your, your take that it's a little bit easy <laughs> yeah. is not, is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people think that the general combat in the game is a little bit easy. I don't want Especially it to be hard. You, but it, it, especially if you go out of your way, I mean, even go out of your way a little bit yeah. just to sort of keep your stuff upgraded mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I will admit some of the some of the like item stuff to me seemed seemed a little pointless. But like, I don't know. I I think that it's not a game about exploration so much. Right. So it's more about going, like getting to the next story, getting point. to the next point. Yeah. And I can understand maybe if, if, uh, like you don't necessarily love the way that that part of it works. Like maybe they should have just made it more linear. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think that there's just I think that just like the the reason why people like the game so much is just the characters mm-hmm. and the story and the aesthetic of the game. Oh, it is awesome. The, the boss amazing. battles and all of that mm-hmm. which um They're all great. All that stuff is great. The stuff you're talking about. It's it's, it's this I think the stuff that you're talking about I can totally understand where it's like when you're just kind of out in the world yeah. and you just like have random encounters they're just sort of like eh, whatever or you just like kind of run around them or or whatever you know it's not like the most like i got to a point where i was just i wasn't even fighting anything i was just running yeah. through the open world sections just Jump to get to the next area go. or whatever yeah. and the side quests are kind of crap but there are some in there that are really good mm-hmm. so it's like yeah I've been kind of got to pick and choose. Here's so so again game design, and and then I want to hear what you're playing. We don't need to spend much time. And and I also don't want it to come off like I'm shitting on this game because I I clearly I've got 16 hours and I'm enjoying the hell out of it, and it's I keep coming back to it. But I guess what I I didn't expect it to be. 
I think I don't know. I it it's almost like it couldn't decide whether to be linear or open world. And and I think like they they're in this weird middle ground where like it's like man, you could have really made this an awesome linear game. Like Final Fantasy 7, right? The way, what they did with Final Fantasy 7, that feels super linear to me, the remake. But it's awesome. Because like yeah, I mean it has open sections, but they're much more contained than what Final Fantasy sixteen is. Like you're like in running around in Midgar or something right. like that. But it seems so. yeah, and it just seems like it, seven is put together. And of course, the stakes are higher in that game. They had to fucking kill it. But like, I don't know. Like like uh, it's just. I don't know. Like like some of the some of the NPCs like you'll walk up and press X and they'll say something. And then you know like in a lot of games like if you press X again immediately after they'll say something else. Like each like two give me two different spoken dialogues. Like it's always the same thing in this game. Like it's mm-hmm. like that just seems like the there's like there, there's like a shiny veneer on this game. But like deep down it's it's really a simple game. Like it's not it doesn't seem I don't know, man. Like the cutscenes are beautiful, the story's beautiful. It's interesting, especially with the the real time. What the lore is really interesting. Yeah, I feel like it could. It, it needs to be either a scotch more linear, or like way more open. And and they they're trying to juggle both. And and because you have the open world map, but then you just you can go anywhere at any time. But there's literally no reason to go anywhere except for where the mission is. Like, because what are you, what are you going to fucking do? Like, you go there and it's just like, there's literally nothing I can do here. Like, there's nothing. I can look at everything. But like, you know, I could like get one vocal line or, or one spoken line from NPC characters. And that's it. Like, they're not going to give me anything different whether I come back or not. And then it's like, I, I don't know, like it's weird because it, it is beautiful and you can tell they put a lot of time into it. But like some areas I feel like it, it it's like it's like what you expect going to um, um, China would be like. It's like, you know, like you see like some of these auto auto dealerships in China and they're like, it's like a car that looks like a fucking Jeep brand new Jeep, but it's called something different and it looks like a legit car and they're selling it for like, I don't know, $15,000 or $10,000 US dollars. And you're like, how can this even be real? And then like you, the guy, like I saw a video where this guy gets inside and like, it looks like an LCD display, but it's not, it doesn't do anything. And like, like it's all just fucking like, it looks so nice. The paint job's beautiful. The tires look brand new. It looks like you look at the console. It looks like it's got like Bluetooth and all the fucking accoutrements. But like when you actually get in the vehicle and you fucking turn it on, it's just like this shit just looks like it's that, but it's not really that. Like I get that a little bit from this game. Like it's like because like I have played Final Fantasy games that are fucking dope and like the mechanics are fun and like everything just works. And, like, this just feels a little, for as big and as grand as the display is and the ensemble, it still feels like while I'm playing the game, empty, which is weird. I feel like 
your expectations are a little too high for what the game is. <laughs> you're probably is. right. Yeah, no, I just, I don't know, man. You're like, you're like, oh, I just played fucking Phantom Liberty. Now I want to play <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 or 16 and expect everything to be that, you know, in depth. And that's just mm. not what Final Fantasy games no, are. No, I know. That's what yeah, they've, yeah. Ne- they've never been like that. So right. it's, you, you know, it's interesting. I think that the other thing that you got to remember too is that if, if it had all of the stuff that you're referring to, mm. the game would be five times longer. Yeah, and I don't want that. So yeah. you're, and it would take way longer to beat, way longer to make, way more expensive. So I think that there is, with that game, a good balance of giving you some room to roam. I do agree with you that, that, that sometimes it's like, okay, like, let's dial this in a little bit, you know? But I think that. Dude, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I kind of like that I didn't have to worry about spending three hours grinding, running around town, talking to oh, everybody sure, a too. hundred fucking times. And I'm not saying that that's a good or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that we often complain on the, on the show about how games are way too uh, long. games are way too long and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, well. You could probably have made introduced some of that stuff and made the main story a little bit shorter, but um, all in all, I think that like the game is mostly about the the battle of the icons and mm-hmm. and all that junk. And I do agree with you that maybe they could have cut out some of that open world stuff, made it a little bit more linear, and it would have been a tighter, more enjoyable experience. But all in all, I would say that it's a uh, for a modern Final Fantasy game, it's a uh, it's pretty good. Oh, it is good, yeah. And and yeah, like I said, I don't want to make it sound like I'm shitting on the game, dude. Like I I like it. I just man, I just feel I just feel like it's one of those situations though where we're like, you know, like when a band releases like a record, and like seven of the ten songs are just bangers, and you're like, if you guys would just spent fucking like, I don't know. Another month, like just refining these three songs or writing a couple more or like, or maybe the record's awesome, but the artwork's just terrible and like, or like something. It's just like, why the fuck would you do? Why would you take it that far? But just not, it's polished as shit. The game is, but I don't know. I can't, I'm not a video game developer or uh, a game writer but like it's like one of those things where it's just like I just feel like I can't put my finger on what it is but there's something that about what it. you're what you're describing was like how I felt about Nier Automata interesting where it's like Nier Automata is good but I'm just like this world feels like empty and yeah. it's like yeah I'm fighting these things but I'm not really getting much Doesn't out feel of it relevant and or like yeah so so like but that said, the overall experience is worth that part of it. Right, so, right, 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 yeah. You know, not every game can be perfect, I suppose. Yeah, I just wish I could put my fa- – I wish I could uh, verbalize or put to words better how I feel about this game right now. And and it's like, man, it, it's – I don't know. It's grindy, but it's not grindy at all. But, like, I think maybe that's the thing that bothers me the most is, like, all of these enemy encounters – in the open world seem meaningless. But that's what Final Fantasy is. But I never had a problem with it until now, for some reason. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if my tastes have changed or, like, if it's just, like, 
like I don't know I don't know like and they kind of put meaning it's some of the side quests like oh you there's some scorpions that just you know took over the marshlands you know we need you to clear them out or whatever I need you to get the recipe the piece for the recipe and that you can only find them in these animals and they're you know, really hard to find. I think some of the side quests, and we will get on more of the show, guys. Sorry, the 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 side quests are interesting. Like like, I'm at the second hideaway. Minor spoiler. I won't tell you what it is or where it's at. I found another hideaway. I'm there, and it's like you get a side quest from somebody, and they're like, "Oh, go go give these meals to the rest of these people," and then you go and you're walking around. You're walking around. You find two or three different people. And then the last guy's just like, yeah, just give me the rest of the meals. I'll give them to the rest of my people. And you're like, okay. And then it's like now you have to go back to the guy who gave you the meals the meals, to tell him that they appreciated you giving them the meals. But like the walk back to this guy now has been lengthened because like the last target was like the whole way on the other side of the hideaway. And like you're just trying to run back to the guy to complete the side quest. And it's just like – Man, it just feels like a total waste of my fucking time. Like, like, and you don't even get anything out of it. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't. Feel, I feel like in areas like that, and then like some of the side quests are like, oh, go kill, go kill these monsters, or my friend went missing, and then like you have to go to the world map. You go, you go find them, and then like there's no quick travel to like where the actual thing is. So then you have to run through all of this area where sometimes there's not even any enemies. And you're just walking, running through this, like, vacant, open world, taking left turn. Like, three, four, five minutes of me getting to the point, and then I find the person, and there's, like, three scorpions, like, attacking them. And it's like, I kill them in two seconds. And then they're like, oh, thank God. And then it's like, now you got to go back to town and tell the person you found your their friend. Then you go back, and they're like, you, you can't just warp back to the person. you got to run back through the hideaway. And it's like, found your friend. Like, oh, thanks. Here's Here's, like... 10 gil and it's like god what the fuck like in that <laughs> regard it doesn't feel like it respects my time but like overall like yeah the, the side quests the side quests are pretty bad the main story is awesome. a couple of them yeah it's yeah. it's all good dude and i love dude i'm so into like the beginning of the show i was talking about like old hammer and the old world and shit like any like dude the dragoons are awesome looking the fucking dragoons in this game Looks so fucking rad. They got like the really long like lancer thing that has like the big blade on the end. The first time yeah. you see a dragoon in this game, they're like perched up on the very top of like this castle wall, and they're standing so fucking like eloquently, like almost like a ballerina or something. This huge suit of armor, and it's like ching, and they're holding this thing, and it drops down, and you gotta fucking fight it. It's so fucking rad because you're just like this guy means fucking business, like the assassins of the knights or something. Um, it's cool, man. I lo- I love all that shit. But yeah, just little things. She's like, just they could have just done something, just a little more, and I think it would be even fucking better. But I do like it, and I'm gonna beat it. Jake, what are you playing? Uh, so I've been playing that. Uh, I'm still playing that Proteus game that I talked about last week. Mm-hmm. The sort of like retro shooter, I guess you can call it. Uh, still really enjoying it. It, I've been getting to levels that like I really don't care about. Mm-hmm. Um, I so like, f- for example, Doom has this thing where it's like, oh, you get so far and then you go to hell and now you're playing in hell and all this crap. Mm-hmm. So they have this 
part of the game where you go to this Proteus dimension, and the levels are just kind of like annoying because they're just really they're just like visually puzzling and stuff and one of the things that like i loved doom growing up but one of the things that used to bug the shit out of me was when i would get lost in levels because they were (laughs) because of how they were like visually they just all kind of ran together it's kind of like um the i want to say it's maybe the library mission in halo or something like that, where it's like you're literally going through the same room over and over and over again. I mean, they're different rooms, but they all look exactly the same. So you get kind of like, like, am I am I turned around? Am I going the right way? Whatever. But I, I kind of got through that section, and I'm back to like the the fucking war torn space stations and shit like that, which is all super fun to play. Um, outside of that, uh, I've been. Playing a lot of Resident Evil Village VR. Um, oh, yeah? Really like it, dude. I, I finally got uh, comfortable with the movement, so, like, I don't get wobbly yeah. anymore like when I'm walking around. Stuff feels natural now? Yeah, sometimes, well, like, and I switch to the, the smooth movement as opposed to the snap movement, and it does make the game a little bit easier now that I can play that way without getting sick. Yeah. Um, I will say that there are instances that I don't like... And I, I don't. I feel like the game really wasn't designed with VR in mind. When you c- count for the scenarios where like the enemies are like grab a hold of you, oh, and 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 they're like throwing you down and stuff, or like this the like there there's a, a minor spoiler. There's a a and I think I talked about this last week. There's like a cutscene where you get knocked on your back and they're like dragging you around and like right. You're just, like, seeing through your torso and all of this shit because, like, the game wasn't designed for you to be able to just move around with your eyes. Like, I wish that they would have just, like, smashed to a cutscene at that point and don't <laughs> give me free range of motion because it's kind of immersion breaking when I, like, look down and I'm, like, seeing through the model of my body and, like, all this crap. Like, right. Um, uh, the other thing is, is that, and I think I might have talked about this last week, too, ladders... Like, I wish that they would just, like, I wish they would just kind of pull out like they do in RE4 whenever you go up ladders. Because I'm, like, literally craning my neck looking straight up in the air to try and get up this ladder. Mm -hmm. It's just not comfortable. So I feel like, I feel like they borrowed a lot of this. Like, they they saw kind of what worked and what didn't in Village. And I think they might have instituted some of that into RE4. Right. But uh, I will admit, though, like, doing all of the shit with your guns... Like, we talked last week about, and and you had mentioned in the past about how it was kind of crazy how you have to, like, hold the gun and you can drop it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to rack the rounds and reload and all this stuff. I've gotten to the point now where I'm pretty good at it. And, man, you feel like a fucking G. Yeah, you do. When you're, like, fighting these guys and you're, like, reloading and, like, you can grab the knife and throw it at them. And, like, fucking, you're, like... uh, uh, you know, pumping the shotgun and fucking shooting them and stuff. Um, the sniper rifle is really cool. Uh, I I will admit, like, I got the grenade launcher, and it's like one of those break-action grenade launchers where you have to, like, break it in half oh, yeah. and, and fucking put the bullet in. And um, it's kind of weird how that works, and I don't know how Resident Evil 4 is, but, like, you... When you're holding the gun, you press... I think it's circle 
and and he'll break the thing open okay. and then you can stick the bullet in and then you can kind of snap it closed or press press circle again and it'll close it where it's like I kind of wish that like I kind of wish that they would give me the ability to just fucking do it you know what I mean with my hands mm. But I get why you wouldn't want to do that because, like, if you're holding it with both hands and you kind of move funny, he fucking opens the chamber. Yeah. Like, like it, it could make combat a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit weird. But, um, dude, I'm pretty far. I'm like, uh, like I got to the um, the the people won't that haven't played it won't know this, but I got all four of the f- containers. So I, uh, you know, what I'm talking about the like the they're like. Um, that have the, yeah. let's just say they have the body parts in them. Yeah, so I got to ask them, because I can't remember where that part is, and I don't want to spoil anything for you. Have you gotten to, are you are you out of the vampire place? Are you out of that area? Oh, yeah, I'm way past that. I, I, I've basically gotten, so I got through the castle. I got through the the mansion. I got through the like swampy area with the f- big fish, um, and I got through the uh, the lichen, the werewolf den. So the mansion and, was that the one with the dolls? Yeah, dude. So I got through that, dude. I gotta um, ask, like, how messed up? How scary uh, was that? Like with it, with I the mean, baby our, thing? It was. It was it was probably the <laughs> it was probably the scariest part oh my of God. the game. Ooh. But I honestly everyone hyped that part up so much mm. that I was honestly expecting a little more out of it. Yeah. Cuz it's not very long. It's pretty short. It's just the darkness, I think, and like not knowing where yeah. it's at. Oh, and and the atmosphere and like the sound and stuff yeah. is super creepy <laughs> and like Yeah, right. Yeah, like the uh dude, I when you walk into that room and uh, there's that doll on the table and you have to like do the puzzle with yeah. it, I was like, "This!" I was, I was so. It's very like, <laughs> I don't know, like the movie Saw or something yeah, like man. that. Like it's, it's really wild. Um, I just thought, like, I thought that section was really cool and it was really scary in VR. I thought the ending was a little anticlimactic. Of that, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It's really weird. But the rest of it was was really cool. I like that it's like a non-combat section. Yeah, there's no combat in that section of the game. Right. Um, well, other than like the very end portion, which is kind of like minimal combat. Really easy, but yeah, uh, I will admit though that like, dude, the boss fights are so fun yeah. in VR. Yeah, the Resident Evil boss like, fights are awesome. They're way more fun in VR than I think they would be like in flat screen mm-hmm. because like it really lets you sort of just unleash with all your weapons. Like you're not controlling your ammo anymore. You're just like I got to use everything to kill this guy, and like uh, it's really cool. Um, I like dude. The castle by far has been the longest section oh, of yeah. the game mm-hmm. for me. Like it's like it took me five hours to get out of the castle, and then. It took me like an hour and a half to get through the next two sections. Yeah, I bet you it's so, so awesome like, in VR that game. But I, uh, but I will say that. Um, do you remember? It's not super clear in the game 
when you pick up an item in your inventory, it brings up like that box to the side. If you drop it in there, does it discard the item? Is that how that works? No, I think what it does is is you can access it at the typewriters. Oh, so you can't get to it like out in the field. It's like a vault kind of. Right. Okay, that's cool because there's some guns that I have that I'd like to shelve, but I don't know where I can put them. And I don't want to, you know, like I have the, like the first shotgun, I have it fully upgraded. Mm-hmm. So I want to like kind of save it, but I don't, you know, really use it right now because I got the other one. And so uh, I will admit though, dude, the freaking uh, revolver in this game mm-hmm. is wild. It's like that. It's like that Wolfsbane revolver oh, yeah, or whatever awesome. the fuck it is. And it's like it it holds like four bullets, but <laughs> you only need one, really. Yeah. Like it's so awesome. But it's such a pain in the ass to reload that it's like you really only want to use it whenever you're uh whenever you're really like really needed. Yeah, dude, I um, I really believe that these Resident Evil games are so much better in VR than they are on a flat screen. Like I, I think it's once you get past like the little hurdles, like I I just I I will it. I don't know that I can play it on a flat screen again. Like because like it just I, seems like it'd be so easy. I will admit that I agree with you, but I still I do think that like I wish that everything was a little bit sharper still. Mm. Like I know that there's some sacrifices they have to make for VR and performance and all that kind of thing. But like dude, when I pick up the notes, like the text is just fucking blurry. Like really? I can read it but it's not sharp. Yeah. But then, like, I don't move my headset at all. I boot up Beat Saber. I can read everything Crystal perfectly clear. fine. So, like, it has something to do with the perspective when you're holding it. Yeah. And this might be a me thing because I have a very narrow bridge, so I have to have the lenses all the way together for me to see things. Mm-hmm. And it could just be that, like, because you have to hold them in front of your face and they're not, like, way out. Right. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's why. Could be. But everything else looks good. Um, and you really you really get kind of – especially when everything's dark. Oh, too. Like, you really get kind of kind of into it. I think I think at some point you should go back to it and play it. I will. Because um, it is it is really, really fun. And, uh, like, I, I'm seriously considering picking up RE4 oh, when God, I'm done with fantastic. this just to try that. Because I – you know, I, I've played that. I played that game. I beat that game once or twice, but it's been a long time. Like I think I beat it on PS2. Yeah. So it's been a long time since I've played it. I think I played like a little bit of the remaster, remake, or not the remake, but the remaster that they did on the PS3 or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, yeah. So needless to say. Other than the fact that, like, my back and my knees and my fucking feet are killing me when I'm done playing, like, I really enjoy playing Village in VR. That's good. And uh, I think I just maybe need to wear shoes when I'm playing it. Because the problem is, is that, like, I have, I think I just subconsciously lock my knees when I'm playing it because I don't want to, like, move around or whatever. And um, I think that over the course of an hour doing that it's just like my knees get sore my feet get sore my back gets sore because i'm just standing on like a hardwood floor yeah, you in my some, slippers just be careful not to step on the cord when you do that because you won't know if you're yeah standing on. I, i'm yeah i mean i i do i i make every effort not to move my feet at all when i'm playing because you don't need to right um 
But uh, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say for now. But I'm really enjoying it, and I'm planning on seeing it through the rest of the way. Like I said, I'm like nine hours in now, so I might as well just finish it. And I'm re- I, like, I really like playing it. Oh, so. I can't. I will admit though that like probably the worst part about playing it in VR, where like I kind of wish I could boot up a flat screen save, is like the the backtracking stuff where you're like, oh, I got the fucking handle now, I can go unlock all the wells. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's not really super it's a little bit clunky just navigating the world when you're just running around the village and stuff when you're in vr like you could do that way smoother with a controller yeah but it's a small price to pay i think yeah you know i i think that it's it's really fun i really like it i do wish yeah go ahead i was just gonna say the one other thing is that i wish i could turn off the and maybe there is a way to do it and i just haven't seen it but a way to turn off the um the 180 degree flip thing because mm-hmm. I'm always hitting it on accident and, going, and then I get turned around. Yeah. And I'm like, where the fuck am I? Yeah. Like, uh, so, but other than that, yeah, that's all I got to say. Dude, in VR, like, just like it offers so much and I, I just feel like there are moments in Resident Evil 4 where just the entire scope and scale of being outdoors and seeing like a castle or like seeing like this graveyard or like, you know, it's just, it's being in the woods. You're just like, Whoa, like I really feel like I'm here. And it's something that you can't really, you can't really explain to a person unless you put the headset on them. Like, you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's like, you're in the game. It's like, no, it's like, you're really fucking there. Like, like, I feel like when I take my headset off, like if I went to the locations in resident evil four in real life, I would be like, I've been here before. Like if those places were real places and I just was dropped into that place in real life, I'd be like, oh yeah, shit. I, I know how to get around here. Like it's there's something to be said about learning. I don't know, man. Could you – fuck. Like I, I don't know, man. It's just really interesting because like there's something in your brain that that, that is like – when I take off the headset, I feel like, oh, yeah, I can tell you how to get around this house. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like you're there. Like, you know you know the location. It's really weird. And I think that they should, like, I don't know. Who's to say they don't already? But, like, you, th- you think about, like, these these SEAL teams and shit. Like, why, why don't they get, like, some video game developers? Like, oh, yeah, this is where Bin Laden's at. Uh, we got a pretty good idea how this house is. Let's make it in VR. And then you guys can run the mission in VR real quick and communicate. And then like, it's like, you've already fucking done it. You can show up on site and just be like, yeah, we know we've done this. You know what I mean? It's that realistic. I'm sure they're utilizing that technology in some capacity. However, you know, when you're talking about the military, they probably just like, fully recreate a fucking soundstage of it and then they just like do the shit in real life so like uh but yeah i i do i I do believe that there's so many applications that could be um they could use vr for and you're right like the coolest part some of the coolest parts about the game is just like you walk into the village and you look up and the fucking castle is like right there and it's huge the moon's shining like yeah yeah, like like you said, going through the like going through the woods and like you're like 
you're you're instinctively like moving your head to get around to like the corpses hanging from the trees and like all this stuff. Like it's it's uh it's impressive. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's really impressive. It, it might. I still think probably Gran Turismo is the most impressive game I've played in VR. But this is a close second. Yeah, it's really really impressive. It's a it's a triple A title. You know. First person, like VR, the yeah. whole thing. Like I said, I mean, now maybe maybe RE4 will take the cake, but like I said, it's just, there's there's those couple things yeah. that because it wasn't built for VR, they kind of left in there where you're like clipping through your body and stuff that if they just tidied all that up mm. and it like – because you know what I'm talking about where there's stuff where like you're not in control of your body because it's a cutscene, right. but they still let you move your head around yeah. and you just become like a disembodied head yeah, just looking weird. around That's the weird. room. It is very bizarre. So anyway, we should probably move yeah, on. Yeah, let's move on. All right, very good. So uh, we do uh, take listener feedback every episode. We haven't had a lot lately, but I've been posting clips and shorts on YouTube. And uh, I don't understand why these get so much. It's because the attention span of people is just so small. 30-second clips, 15-second clips. 60 minute, 60 second clips. Anyways, I posted one when I we were talking about the Space Marines game about games we're looking forward to in 2024. We had two people comment on a short, and they just said uh, the first one says, "My only issue with with Space Marine game is that you don't play as the Emperor's holy warriors; you play as some demonic heretic." And I don't know if that's true. That's not the vibe I got when I played it. But I mean, maybe I'm not super. I thought you played. I thought you played as Space Titus. Marine. Yeah, what, right. I thought he was a good guy. Name is from the first game. I think he's. I don't know that he's I think he's I don't he's not demonic. I think he's just like a like he's ruled a heretic because he like goes against the emperor's wishes right. for some no like for I think it's for some ethical cause. He's like a lone like wolf. But I don't remember I don't remember a lot about the first game if I'm being honest. Yeah. So maybe maybe there is maybe there is something to what what he's saying well, there probably is i i don't know something maybe at least and then the the other person another person wrote in that he said agreed i'm gonna buy it um just to support it i think my comment was like you know there's a lot of warhammer games and even though the game mechanics are usually really good in those games like the, the tactical games and whatnot they still feel janky as shit so like it's really nice to get like a smooth easy to jump on enjoyable warhammer game that like just kind of works and looks nice and it's pretty and it's fun and you don't have to like sit there you know because a lot of the a lot of those games i think are probably better played on like a pc those you know the strategy games that they have out but i don't know they, they don't really adapt well to console i don't think controls but anyways let's get into the news and uh there's a couple news points again this time of year things are relatively slow but uh, while it may not be the most mind-blowing graphical achievement in games, the new Prince of Persia game is going to run at 120 frames per second in 4K on the PS5. And Jake, this got me thinking, why don't most new platformers these days shoot for those kind of benchmarks? Um, specifically, it's not going to be super demanding of the system capabilities. you know. And then I started thinking, well, maybe it's just like a choice because they want it to feel retro and have that retro vibe or like they want the platformers. You know what I mean? Like they want it to be... A certain way but it's just like with platformers you would think you'd want them to be as buttery smooth as possible and then it's like is that just difficult to achieve i just kind of assumed that like again not being a game developer that like if the game isn't super graphically 
demanding or whatever, like, shouldn't there just be like a toggle switch somewhere? It's like 120 frames per second, 4K, boom, let's do it. Uh, I mean, if if the game is optimized enough so that the PlayStation 5 can run it that fast, but... The problem, I think, with most games not being 120 frames Mm -hmm. is that there are games specifically, shooters and stuff, that would benefit from this. The problem is that I would argue that a majority of televisions don't have 120 hertz refresh rate. There you go. So not that you can't still get something out of 120 FPS on a 60 hertz TV – you just can't take full advantage of it without the full refresh rate of a 100, 120 hertz television. Yeah. So I think there's there's like a market element there too. Like, you know, I I don't I don't know that I, I think that it's plus there's also diminishing returns after you get past sixty. Like thirty to sixty, there's a huge difference. Yeah. Sixty to hundred and twenty, there's a noticeable difference, but it's not huge like it was from 30 to 60 and then from 120 to 240 like i think destiny supported that pretty didn't negligible it? the 120 destiny i think supports 120 it probably does all these games basically do on pc but um on console they might have 120 hertz. i mean a lot of games have 120 hertz mode yeah but uh i don't know how I think it's just like 120 hertz in 4K is really difficult because try 4K resolution your your textures are big so loading them and running them at 120 frames a second is difficult mm-hmm. so I think that it's it's going to become probably a standard here in the future but I would argue that even like the PS5 Pro whenever that comes out its target is going to be 4K 60, yeah, not 4K right. oh, yeah, 120 yeah, 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 for, for everything. Sure. So, like, it's impressive that they're doing this, um, but you wouldn't see this on the PS5 in a game like Call of Duty or fucking Final Fantasy 16 or something like that. It just, like, the way that the graphics are rendered, it just can't handle it. Yeah. But because this is, like, a 2D, 2.5D kind of game, they might be able to squeeze a little bit more out of the console. Yeah, and it seems that's exactly. They're not what rendering doing. a ton of stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a cool news point. So it is neat. Yeah. The game looks good. <clears throat> Sands of Time, I think, is what it's called. Uh, but no, that's the old game. What's, what the hell is it called? Uh, I've got it down lower in the notes. I don't know where the fuck I put it. It doesn't matter. Um, it does matter. Let me find it. Oh my gosh! Uh, I thought I had it on here. The Lost Just Crown. Persia. Yeah. Sorry. And it's actually the very next news point. So let's get on with it. Um, the next news point I have is, and I forgot to mention real quick, this podcast airs every Wednesday free for everybody on your preferred streaming platform. But if you do join the Patreon, uh, usually you get the episode a little early. So I forgot to mention that earlier in the show. I had a mental note to say that. Uh, so, so Sony has come out, Jake, and announced. Now, last episode, you and I talked about our most anticipated 2024 games. They've come out and announced in in a non-announcement way that the Silent Hill 2 remake and the Metal Gear Snake Eater remake are scheduled for a 2024 release this year. And that announcement 
came in the form of a game trailer showcasing games coming to PlayStation in 2024. The trailer also includes obvious titles that we know are coming out, like RE7 Rebirth, Stellar Blade, Helldivers 2, Rise of the Ronin, and again, just a quick recap, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, uh, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, Concord, which is one we didn't know. They're saying it's coming out in 2024, which is interesting. Uh, Pacific Drive, Silent Hill 2, Dragon's Dogma 2, Forever Skies. Forever Skies looks interesting also. And then, Jake, the Plucky Squire, the game you were interested in. And then we didn't know – I don't think we knew uh, that the casting of Frank Stone was shooting for a 2024 release date, but it's in this trailer. And uh, you can watch this trailer on the official PlayStation YouTube channel or on their PlayStation blog. They also dedicated a little mini website, which is like an editorial on the PlayStation.com website about these upcoming games. So it looks like Concord is going to be released, which is interesting. And again, like I said, Silent Hills 2 remake and the uh, Metal Gear Snake Eater remake are all coming this this year, they're saying. Now, we've seen games show up in trailers like this, but not hit the window, right? So this this isn't a de facto, this is for sure happening. I think this is more of we're going to do everything possible to make this happen. You know, some of these games, but like, we'll see. This doesn't mean that these games have all gone gold and they're fucking set. But what do you make of some of these titles for sure? Like, especially like the, the Concord announcement forever, forever skies looks neat. I didn't even know what this was. Um, and then again, looks like an exploration kind of survival game, mm-hmm. kind of built building bases and kind of shit. I, I don't know. Um, first person, but I, uh, I think you said, you have here RE7. You mean Final Fantasy VII. That's what I meant. Yep. Um, but other than that, <laughs> I, I think that, like, we talked about a lot of these games last week or two weeks ago or whatever the fuck it was. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for a lot of them. I mean, I, obviously, this is just, this is just uh, you know, these guys saying what is planned in quotes to come out in 2024. Mm. The, the chances of all of these games coming out next year are almost zero, but uh, or this year, I guess I should say, mm. but um, you might as well pump it up if you can like Concord and uh, what else did, what else do we have on here? Uh, Stellar blade. Like we don't have release dates for those. Um, even, uh, Silent Hill 2 Remake and Snake Eater, the first two you mentioned, like, yeah. we don't have anything about those games. Right. So, now maybe we'll hear something at, like, the Game Awards, not the Game Awards, the, um, uh, Summer Games Fest, or maybe Sony is planning here in the next couple months, maybe they're planning, like, a big showcase where they're gonna announce the release dates for a lot of this stuff for maybe the fall or something or the summer, but, um... If all this stuff comes out this year, I mean, that'll be pretty great, but I have a hard time believing that it is. I'm just hoping that, uh, like, obviously we know we're getting Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is really exciting. Yeah. And Helldivers 2, obviously, Rise of the Ronin, Like a Dragon, Prince of Persia. Like, some of these games we know we're getting, Dragon's Dogma 2, but there are a few big ones on here, like Silent Hill and, and Snake Eater, that we and, and even Concord, that we know nothing about. So Concord, we know nothing about that game. Yeah, we and we haven't, we haven't seen game. We haven't seen gameplay at all for any of those games. So 
it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. Agree. Agree. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of got the impression when this came out that, like, you know, there, there's a lot of podcasts and a lot of people talking about how 2023 was the good year in gaming. And, like, eh, maybe 2024 is not going to be that great. So this kind of felt like Sony's response to that is, like, what, we got an ear to the ground. We know that people aren't super stoked about this year and all the game releases. But don't forget, all this shit is planned for 2024. So they might have padded this video a little bit just to get people. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Like I said, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't an official release date announced for these games. It just said coming in 2024. So uh, next news point. And I I kind of like RoboCop. But uh, this game, I didn't play. Uh, but it got a lot of attention from content creators and gaming sites. And even Digital Foundry, Foundry did a thing on this. It's that RoboCop Rogue City game. And it came out in 20, excuse me, 2023 as a first-person shooter. Um, but due to the success of that game, uh, the studio Teyon, T-E-Y-O-N, have announced a sizable update coming to the title. And they teased it on their Twitter account or X account or whatever. I hate that it's X. I guess I should just say on X. But, like, God, it sounds so stupid. Just say Twitter. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, for those who don't know, Teon is a Polish video game developer, and they uh, they were founded in 2006. But this game got a lot of attention, and a lot of people are saying they're pretty un- it's underrated. Like it didn't get any accolades really, <clears throat> and didn't really get many shout outs, if if any. But it seemed like anyone who played the game really kind of liked the the campiness of it, and like just like how well they nailed the aesthetic of the RoboCop series, and like. It looked like it was a labor of love. So I said the game was fun. Well, I think it's 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 a game for RoboCop fans. <laughs> so if you're not a fan of RoboCop, you might play it and be like, what is going on in this game? I don't know. Do you, th- you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't RoboCop's know. pretty fucking goofy. So it, it could be – I mean, plus it's – you know, I'm sure it's probably a solid like 7 out of 10 or something like that. It's like a probably a pretty decent game. I don't know, but man. on top of that <sighs> – Nine out of ten on Steam. Like I, is it? Is this one of those games that like is just kind of become a meme? That like people just like want to get. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna get an Open Critic real quick and see. Because like, I'm is it? Say, there's no way it's got a nine out of ten on Open Critic. I gotta look. But like, here's the thing. I'm looking. Sorry, guys. Um, RoboCop Rogue City. Uh, seventy-three top critic average, fair on open critic, sixty-seven percent recommend it. So, I mean, nothing surprisingly. Uh, the all of the oh, never mind. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyways, I don't know. Like, is is this game worth visiting? Is kind of the question. They're they're offering some an update to the game. Like, do we wait a little bit? I'm looking at like the main reviews. It there's there's uh, two that are less than like a seventy percent, and it's yeah, PC Gamer and Games Radar Plus. Everything else is a seventy or higher. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be worth something to play, right? Like they have to have gotten something together for this game. I don't know. It to me the UI looked terrible. Like I saw video footage and it was just like 
you know, RoboCop can like zoom in on bad guys like through his like HUD in his mask. But like I saw someone just like shooting and everything. It was like target acquired, target acquired, target acquired, target acquired. And the enemies were everywhere. And I'm just like, man, I wouldn't want to play a game that did that the whole time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's a if that's like a special that you get or like if it's constantly just like shoo, 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 zooming in on bad guys. Like it, it was cool. The effect is cool. But like. I don't know. I, I just got to play it, maybe. If there's a demo, I might try it. Hmm. Are you interested in this game at all? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I'm definitely interested in it. In it. Am I going to play it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be one of those... That, that would be like a... Oh, it was on sale, or, or we got it on right. Plus, or something like oh, that. Oh, Plus would be it. awesome. Like, like, I'm not... I'm definitely not going to go out and pay full price for it not because i don't have faith in the game but because i'm just not like i'm not a diehard robocop fan like i feel based on what i've heard about it i almost feel like i got to go watch the movie and then play the game yeah, yeah. so murphy yeah um so we'll uh we'll have to see how that goes yeah i don't know i get i guess on how long to beat they say it's like nine and a half hours if you don't want to see everything but like 17 if you want to see everything I hear like you can like go and issue parking tickets and shit as RoboCop, which is like hilarious, and, yeah, and really weird. Um, probably not a fun thing for someone like me who's complaining about traversal in Final Fantasy VII. I don't think issuing parking tickets at RoboCop would be up my alley, but it sounds funny and cool um, at the same time. I don't know, just mysterious. But all right, let's go to the next news point, man. Uh, this one is. Uh, kind of a no-brainer just based on how the company's been ran. Uh, but CD Projekt Red have publicly stated, I think several times, but again recently, that they're not they're not going to not looking for to take any offers for acquisitions of their studio, despite a lot of interest right now in them from outside sources. So, I mean, this doesn't surprise me. They they you know they they're one of the studios that are ran and operated by shareholders and like i think that you know they clearly man i'm i'm of two minds about this studio like i love where they get to when their games come out you know eventually like right now uh, cyberpunk 2077 like you said jake it's just fucking amazing with phantom liberty and stuff like it's so fucking good but that thing released and it was laughable it was just like, uh, what? You know? But it's awesome now. It's so good. And it's like the same mm-hmm. thing happened with The Witcher 3. Now, arguably, The Witcher 1 and 2 weren't weren't knockout games, but they were still getting their footing. But, like, even their game Gwent is really good. And, like, Thronebreaker was really good. And, like, I loved those games. So, like, they're a great studio, and I think they have so much talent. But, like... It's it's a double-edged sword being owned by these shareholders because, you know, you go to these meetings and, you you know, they're going to be pushing for, well, we need you to release the game. You know what I mean? And it's like, if it's not fucking ready, and I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the, the push from people who, you know, have partial ownership of the studio or if it's more so the, the people in charge of the game projects. Like, why do these things get released and they're not ready? They almost always get they almost build hype too soon on the games they're working on. And and I don't even know if it's intentional. I think some of these stockholder meetings, shareholder meetings that they have are public. 
So the game's news media picks up on the shit they're talking about, and then they get all the fans excited about it. And then the studio, in turn, feels pressured to fucking churn shit out. Like, I don't know, man. It feels like a double-edged sword. I, I, do I want them to get acquired? I don't think so. I think, you know, they've proved that they are doing good shit on their own. But have they lost a lot of faith on day one releases with all of the gaming audience? For the most part, I would say yes. They have. Like, I don't know that I want to buy a CD Projekt Red game day one. And I was day one cyberpunk. I was like, no, it's going to be good. And then I fucking bought it. And then, like, it crashed a lot. But I still saw the potential of the game and I enjoyed it. But, like, it's crashing a lot on the PS5, dude. Or whatever the fuck. I was playing it on PS5. Um, it was crashing mm. a lot. And uh, it bothered me mainly because I wanted to believe in the studio. Not so much that the game... I, I had a bad experience. I was just like, why the fuck are you guys releasing this yet? They, like, I can tell what you're doing is awesome here and I'm enjoying it. But like, fuck, like one more year, you know, one more year would have been perfect probably. But I don't know. What do you think about them? Do you think it's best that they don't permit themselves to be acquired? I, I mean, it's all kind of a moot conversation because if someone comes in with a big enough fucking paycheck they're gonna probably get acquired you think so So it's it's like you know i i don't know that that that's really a a super thrilling statement that they made i don't know that really means anything but it's probably more or less to put fans at ease if they're worried that you know it's might be exclusive to one platform or another but i don't think that they need to be uh Acquired, but I do agree that it would be good if they weren't controlled financially so much. Like the, they definitely, they definitely the last two releases, they definitely dropped the ball on the launches. I mean, they were like, "Oh well, Witcher Three launched like shit," and we were able to get away with it and the game's great and everybody loves it. And it's like, well, you forget, like you guys were nobody before the Witcher three got great. Right. It's true. Now you're somebody and you release a game that's fucking shit. And you've now have this giant target on your back. Right. So it's, you know, you can't, not to mention that it's just, it's, it's bad business when you're talking about like how you treat your fan base or whatever. Yeah. But I, and I do think that like a student, like a, a, an owner like Sony, for example, would never let them release a game like that, but they would just make them get it right. Or they would delay the PS4 version or, or, or whatever. They would just cancel it. But that said, you know, I, I think that like, if they can do it on their own, it's better that they do it on their own. I agree. Like, there's no reason for one of these fucking mega companies to come in and buy them. Like, that's just more consolidation that I'm not going to say is is good or bad, but I don't. I don't. I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's definitely not good. Right. Like the only thing that, like I said, the only thing that could maybe be good about consolidation is one of these larger companies coming in and quote unquote saving them. But it's like, okay, I, I guess that's fine. We, we'll get the next Witcher game, mm. and it'll be pretty good probably. But now you've got one company that owns how many studios, and it's like, okay, I, I don't know. It, it, 
it's I, all in all, as far as we're concerned, it's probably fine. It's whatever. As long as I can play the games, I don't really care who owns it, who owns what, and who gets paid for what or whatever. Right. But um, you know, I I think it's good that they're saying independent or trying to anyway. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, one thing about CD Projekt Red that I've noticed is that like they have a very they have a very strong public relations sector now. Like they they post videos all the time on their YouTube channel, like talking to the audience and like they do these Gwent showcases and they do the Q and A's with developers. And like, I think that happened after the cyberpunk debacle. And now I'm like, I think they overcorrected. I think they share too much now as a studio. And I just kind of want them to go dark and just show up when they have a new trailer for the Witcher show up when they, you know what I mean? Like, like I don't need to hear about CD project red every week. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. At the same time, like, they are a relevant studio, but they're no more relevant than your Sony Bend or your whatever. I mean, granted, they made two amazing games, but, yeah, I mean, they're not, not without not without folly, you know? But they, they – it's, it's saying, like, once bitten, twice shy, and it's just like, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm curious to see what happens when the new Witcher game – releases like if a ton of people just fucking buy this thing and then it just tanks like there's it's still a legit a legit concern that this could happen still you know what i mean it really could so Mm. i hope they learned from it but yeah i is as long as they don't fuck up like they have in the past i don't care if they're owned or not by shareholders or a company but just fucking learn and get your games right when you release them you know and then i got no no beef with you all right. Next news point, Jake. This is a game that's been both on our radar. Maybe not our radar so much is maybe just our interest from Don't Gnaw, that Banisher's Ghost of New Eden game. It's getting more trailers right now. And there was an article on Push Square indicating that they think that maybe Don't Gnaw is concerned that it's getting lost in the mix. And uh, people are maybe not talking about it enough. Um, my interest is peaked. Yours is peaked. It looks interesting. Mm-hmm. The graphics look good. But upon review of the latest trailer, again, there's no action in it. It's just there's no action. I, I don't know what this game is. I, I, I want trailers where there's combat. Are there? You, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I, I also haven't been glued to this game, like looking at everything that comes out. Let me look. Ghosts of New Eden combat. All right. Official combat basics. Okay, yeah, I guess there is. You're going to get some audio on the podcast, and I apologize. Um, can I mute that? Yeah, let me mute that real quick. I just want to see. I mean, to me, it just looks like a third-person kind of action light RPG. Yeah, it actually game. looks really good. I'm actually kind of impressed with what I'm seeing right now. There you go. It looks like a God of War kind of style game. Did we, did you say that already? Yeah, it just has that kind of third-person action sort of melee fantasy kind of flair. I love that. I love that he looks like like a Civil War soldier. And he's got like this cool, cool, that whatever rifle he has, he's like cocking it like a shotgun. Is it a shotgun that he's got? 
Well, he's got like a musket or something. I, I don't know what the hell it is, to be honest with you. It's like a flintlock. It's a flintlock gun. I You can see him yeah. dump the powder in the barrel on his reload, which is fucking rad. There needs to be more of that shit in games. That's really cool. Anyways, enough. I don't know. Jake, anything about this game? Are you still excited? What Are you worried that this game's going to get lost in the mix? Between I mean, Rebirth and like Helldivers and... <laughs> It's coming out at a really, really funny time. Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden, release. February, yeah, dude, February 13th. February is fucking packed. Do you think this game I, doesn't get the attention it deserves if it turns out being a good game? Like like an Immortals of Avium situation? I don't think it's going to be that bad, but... It could, it could, to be fair, I mean, we haven't seen a ton of uh, marketing for it until recently. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they haven't really been pushing the game all that much. But, uh, like, I don't know what other PS5 games, February 2024. It's also a really cool game game name i i think though people get lost in it because there's a lot going on in the name they should have just called it banishers or just call it ghost of new eden like but putting them both together like makes it seem maybe like too much it's hard to say you've got dude you've got suicide squad you've got persona you've got fucking final fantasy you've got hell divers you've got skull and bones pacific drive uh, the Brothers remake. They should have waited to the second quarter to release Dude, this. Dude, Dark Forces remastered. Not mm. that that's going to be a big thing, but I think it's cool. Um, yeah, man. <sighs> I'm not saying that they should delay it, but they're going to be up against some stiff competition. I mean, the week before that, you've got Suicide Squad and fucking Persona 3 Reload. And then... No, sorry, two weeks before that. And then the week before that, you've got Helldivers. And then the same week, you've got Skull and Bones, which not I'm not saying Skull and Bones is going to do very well, but it might. People know that that name more than Banishers goes to New Eden. When it comes down to just like name recognition, like Skull and Bones has been in the news for fucking 10 years because it's been pushed out so many times. Yeah, that's... Uh... I think That's they need pretty... to push this out to like the second quarter, man, quarter two, for sure. It would definitely be. I don't want to say it would be smarter or not, because who knows what else is going to come out. But it's like, yeah, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink comes out February first. <laughs> Fuck, man. February is going to be like a game where, like, a month where games are getting missed. That Ultras game I was talking about comes out the same day. Yeah. I, well, it's the first quarter of 2024 that looks the the most bombacious. Like it looks looks crazy. But like I, I if they pushed it to like April, yeah, like that that might be might be good. I don't know. We'll have to see. But uh, I'm still excited for it. I still want to play it. It looks good. <clears throat> I don't know. I might. I might. 
dude, I want to play Persona. I want to play fucking this game. I want to play. I'm definitely playing Final Fantasy. So I don't know, man. It's gonna be you're gonna a have tough. To take a vacation to play them all. It's gonna be be tough. I mean, I'm gonna be playing games from February probably until July. Yeah. So. <laughs> Because I don't know how long Banishers is going to be, but Final Fantasy VII will be an easy 40 hours, and right. Persona 3 will be an easy 40 or 50 hours. So, like, I don't know, man. And there's something coming out. I think there, I thought there was something interesting coming out in January, even. So, and definitely Well, The Last March, of Us so. comes out in January. The Last of Us Part 2 remake. Right. I probably, I don't know if I'll... Well, that's it's got like a free ten dollar free. It's got like a ten dollar upgrade. Yeah, I know. For, and you get all the you got so like well, I might you gotta to use the up. disc though, right? Don't you have to put the disc in? Well, I, I no, I have a digital version. I don't give a fuck. But um, yeah. So I don't know, man. Gonna be busy. <sighs> Shit. Yeah, I don't know either. Anyways, let's move on to the next news point, Jake. Uh, Sony Bend studio we haven't heard from in forever we don't know what they're working on presumably maybe an uncharted game maybe their own game whatever game they're working on after days gone they've been working on it for forever and uh on twitter someone just was like hey how's the new uh game coming along and then they just responded we cooking so when are we gonna see what the fuck they're working on this has come up it's gone came out yeah, Days Gone came out almost five years ago. It was April 26, 2019. I just looked it up. God, I just want so, to know what it is. So we'll... Dude, that's got to be one of the games that they're going to have to announce maybe this year. But I'm sure it's based on what we heard about that studio after Days Gone. My guess is that they did nothing for probably the first two years after that game came out. Cause it was all kinds of like arguing internally and people leaving and, and like uncharted games getting scrapped and like all this other shit going on. So they probably didn't really start the game until plus then COVID happened. So probably they didn't even start the game till 2021 or 2022. So, but we'll have to see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they got something. Maybe we'll see it here soon. But I hope they come don't know out what anyone's doing. Blow people's so. minds with whatever the hell they got. You know what I mean? Days Gone was not a bad game. Like I, I played on the PS5. God, it's good. It's not a bad game at all. It's pretty. Yeah, good. I heard that. Like the 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 worst part of it is that there is a there is a tedium aspect to some of it, where you have to do a lot of running around. Mm-hmm. That if they had tightened that up and shortened the game a little bit, that it would have been great. Mm-hmm. And obviously it had like those crazy performance issues at launch, but it definitely seemed like a game that was worthy of a sequel. Yeah. Yeah, I played and beat it. Uh, it was I, so I don't know. Um but we'll have to see. I mean, hopefully they're using that technology that they created or all of that stuff that they created for days gone. Maybe they're using it for something new. Yeah. But uh I mean, do we need another third person open world action game? Maybe know, not I open guess. world, a third person linear action game would be nice. Yeah, but no one's doing that anymore. So, all right. Well, that's one of the reasons why I I'm just just loving this fucking Resident Evil and uh, freaking uh, that Proteus game. It's yeah. just like there's only one way to go, baby, and you just go right through it. It's nice. It's like yeah, yeah. It's so fucking awesome. I it, like <laughs> it. Just it makes me wish that like like I almost get annoyed. Like I don't want to say annoyed, but 
it's almost a negative now on some games when they're like, it's open world. I'm like, there's 80,000 different endings. It's not going to probably make the game bad, but, you know, I just want, I just want the game to, to like, I want to be, that's one of the reasons why Naughty Dog games are so great is that you get, you get kind of shepherded through a curated experience Mm. and it, and they're allowed to tell you like the, the story. story exactly yeah. the way that they want and put as much polish as they want on it. Now, we can obviously argue a bit about arguably the worst part of the last two Naughty Dog games are the fucking open world sections. Yeah. Yeah, so, Lost Legacy, like, I hated that part. <clears throat> and Lost Legacy was basically all open world, which I fucking hate. Like, and I don't want to say I hated part Lost two, Legacy. I hated the open world part in that. It had one little open world section and it was it was annoying. It's like, why even give me that? And in Uncharted 4, I did not like driving the Jeep around the desert. Right. It had an open world part two, which was the worst part of the game. So it's, I don't know, like when I'm when I'm buckling up for a story or like an experience, I want to like, like there are games that I want to be open world. Yeah. Like I want fucking Skyrim to be open world. The whole point of that game is exploration. Right. But I don't want... The Last of Us to be open. Yeah, trim the fat. I don't want fucking. Yeah. I don't want Resident Evil. Like Resident Evil, in my opinion, is not open world so much as it's like a Metroidvania. Yeah, it's really where good. it's like you beat a, you beat a section, and then it's like now I got a new tool. I can go back and unlock a section that I didn't unlock before. Mm-hmm. But it's not like here's this big fucking sprawling world. Run around and just happen across the things that you need to finish the next part of the story. Like, dude, Resident Evil can't yeah, be done. Dude, the more, yeah, but. dude, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but the, the more I think about Resident Evil as a game, like these later games, they're almost perfect. Like, really. They're really great. Especially, dude, I think Village is a huge step up from 7, and I loved 7. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I think that, like, they took what they made in 7, like, it's in 7, I feel like they were really honing in on the first person aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And but like I feel like in eight, they really brought it back to like Resident Evil Four, where you've got like the gothic themes and you've got like the the way that the inventory works and the merchant and even the merchant. It's cool as the, shit. The the Duke in fucking Resident Evil Seven or sorry, not Seven uh, Village. He references the merchant from Resident Evil Four. So like it's it's just so like I feel like I don't know, man. Those games are I good. I love it. Like the, I think it's so good, and I'm yeah. I'm pretty amped to check out uh to check out the RE4 remake. It's but so good. That's not really what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Sony Ben. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we got yeah, derailed. I, sorry, I, I'm okay with it being an open world. Like I, but more recently, I've been I've been tapering off on them. Like like for example, uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West. I loved the game, but. It got to a point where I was just like, I'm not doing any of this stuff anymore. Like, I'm like, like after I was in the game for 30 plus, excuse me, 30 plus hours, I was like, okay, I'm mainline in the rest of this. You know, I'll do some side quests here and there to make sure I have all the resources I need to do the things and build the equipment and all that crap. But like, I'm not doing all the puzzles. I'm not doing all the fucking little dungeony things and all that stuff and all the little side quests and everything. Some of them are really good. Right. But it's just unfortunate that it's like this world is so big that like I don't want to I don't want to run around 
for 50 hours or 60 hours or 70 hours. Like, I just want, like, I want to do that, but I don't, I don't know. Like, The Witcher 3 was another example of a game where it's like, I love the game. But, like, The Witcher 3 is one of those games where they, like, make it worth your while to explore the side content. Right. Almost to the Which point is, where, like, it's overwhelming because the, the side content's so good that you want to do all the side stuff. And there's just so yeah. much. Honestly, the worst part of the side content was, like, the monster hunts or, like, the like the the Gwent matches. Yeah. Because they're just, like, there's nothing narrative or special about those, really. I mean, there's some narrative to the monster hunts, but it's, like, every single one of them the same, is the same. It's, like, go to the area, use your fucking Witcher sniff sensor or whatever the fuck it is. Follow the tracks until you get to it and then kill it. Right. It's like, okay, well, that's not really that interesting. But a lot of the side, other side content was great. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I, I, we got off on a tangent here, but I, I'm okay with uh, Sony Bend, though, kind of iterating on uh, what they did with Days Gone. Mm. Because I never played that game, and I kind of thought about playing it. But I was kind of just like – I was kind of him-hawing about it and then I just kind of did something else. Mm-hmm. But my understanding is that it's pretty cool game and it's worthy of a sequel even if it's like a spiritual successor of some kind. Maybe it's not Days Gone 2. Maybe it's – I don't know. Some other – you know, I, I kind of hope it's not a zombie game if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of over, over that. that. Mm-hmm. But uh, dude, I, I want one of these – studios to do something fucking wild like imagine them doing something stylish and like not grounded Mm. you know what i mean like i don't know think about a game like it wasn't very good but like redfall or something like that 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 microsoft did where it's like a vampire hunting fucking game and it's all kind of cel-shaded and cartoony and but it's (laughs) like you know it's like a different thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not saying that they need to do some fucking indie game like, you know, uh, like Ultras I was talking about or something like that. But, you know, maybe do something fresh. That's what, what I want. Would, uh, I want something fresh. Yeah. What, what would what would a first person XCOM game look like? Permadeath with squads of people with really smart AI where you build people out. In your team, that would be kind of where it's like mission based. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I mean, it would be tough to do, but like, yeah, like if it's because you'd have to build out. See, see, that's almost like what you're talking about is almost like like what I'm playing with Proteus, where mm. it's like these individual missions that you're playing. Right. And you have to get through them to progress the story. But you would in- introduce like a squad aspect. Right. And, and some like minor characters. base building and stuff, right? For leveling up your characters like how XCOM does. But like all first and you person. Could, you could have like a selection of like which character do you want to play as. Right. Which one do you want to be? And each character could have like a unique build and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which would be kind of cool so let's there'd be a lot to think about with the mechanics of that though how you would bounce around between the characters if you could even do that which one you would select how long do the missions need to be 
but like because that would dude, maybe make the game really big. But I know you're not a multiplayer um, gamer, but let's just say that it's multiplayer. It can be, and you play as a character you build out. But if if you die, they're gone, and you got to come back and build another character. Like that would be cool as shit. I feel like there's yes, I agree with you. That could be like a, you could you could argue that Destiny is kind of similar to that, but but what you're talking about is like this idea of an online a, roguelike. Or something you would be like kind of you would be kind of adding like a roguelike or like a extraction shooter kind of element to it, where it's like if you get fucked in the level, like you're done. Like you got to make a new build. Yeah, you got to start from so scratch like, for, a, for the character. But they would have to institute it in a way to make it. Like, part of the reason why XCOM is so good is because of, like, the base building aspect and deciding how you're going to spend your resources. Right. And that directly affects what gear your guys have and all that kind of junk. So you need that element in some capacity. So let's say, like, the base exists. Now we're, like, making a game on the podcast. But, like, let's say the base exists still. You don't lose the base. But you can only utilize facilities in the base one like one facility each visit to the base so like you spend all your resources to get all the shit but to level your character up you you can only level up one part of it and then you got to go hit a mission and then you got to come back and you can do it again you can use any facility but you're still building the the resources to make the facility bigger but like it lim- it like penalizes you because you can't just like all of a sudden use it all at once and be awesome again like you got to put a little bit of work in and then you can be selective about like, oh, I want this. I want I want to be able to go in with a fucking flamethrower. You know what I mean? So I'm going to make sure I, I use the armory on my first mission. That way I can fucking steamroll bad guys. They're like, it's a pretty cool idea. I don't know. There's something there. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's quit talking about that shit because someone's going to steal the idea. Well, I hope they do. Um, last news point, and this is not really uh, anything really new, but we know that Sony doesn't really take part in uh, – conferences and stuff but they do usually have their own thing during ces and uh, they're hosting their own conference during ces this year it's going to actually air on the 8th which is uh tomorrow monday so most likely before you hear this podcast sony will have had their conference and as a reminder the ces is the consumer electronics show and it typically focuses more on hardware stuff not always though but typically that's what sony tends to lean towards during this showcase and uh, last year they demoed their PSVR2 headset. So what do you think we see? Do we see the PlayStation Pro? I mean, it could be there, but you would think that they're, they would they would do that at like one of their own kind of showcase kind of events. I kind of got the- maybe not. I mean, maybe they will. Re- maybe they will talk about it here. I'm guessing they're going to talk more about like TVs and fucking audio and shit mm. like that. I, I don't know how much they're going to really talk about PlayStation. Mm, that's a good point. I kind of was on the impression that they were still just doing their own thing, but it was going to be during CES. So I don't know that they're actually showcasing anything at CES per se, but they're have their own. They have their own conference or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. It's the minutia of the situation. But you're probably right. It, I, I don't know what they have. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they talk a little bit about the 
accessibility controller they, they put out. You know what I mean? They released. They'll probably go over some of the details on that because I don't know what the sales numbers are on that. And it would probably be a good opportunity to, to remind people that exists. And then, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see anything about PSVR 2. Maybe they'll – I don't know. Who knows? It's not really a place for, like, announcing things, but more, more or less showcasing what they've been able to do. So probably not a PS, P, PlayStation Pro, but maybe the DualSense Edge or, like, this DualSense whatever for the uh, – Accessibility control they put. I forget what it's called. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not excited really for this, but it would be oh, nice. Oh, you know what? I, I forgot to bring this up. So, you know, I've been playing I've been playing VR. I meant to talk about this earlier. Mm. But uh Um So I I shelved my PS4. It's gone. It's in the closet. It's not coming back ever again. But I'm not giving it I'm not throwing it away or anything. It's just it's in storage now. Mm-hmm. So I had a space on my my uh, my entertainment center. So I decided it's like, okay, well this fi- I'll just put the fucking headset right here. It's just right on the shelf. Yeah, right. I can just pull it out, leave it plugged into my console, turn it on whenever I want, yada, yada. So I do this, and like Wednesday or Thursday, I'm at work, and Sarah fucking calls me. And she was like, the dogs pulled your headset off of the fucking console or oh. off of the entertainment center. And it, it took a minute for me to get everything out of her. But basically, <sighs> you know, they, the headphones that attached to the headset, yeah. they they pulled them off and just ate them. Oh, so but so they yanked the headset out onto the floor and just pulled the head the headphones off and ate them. I think it's like. I know it sounds gross, but I think they can like smell the earwax because I've had them chew chew up earbuds before. Um, but I, so I got home and I was like, "Fuck!" I got home and I looked at it. Sure enough, the the earbuds were just completely chewed. They fucking ate the the speakers out of them and like the rubber part oh. and all this crap. But like the the main like back part that plugs into the headset and the cords were there and everything. But I turned on the headset was totally fine. I didn't have any issues with the headset. They didn't chew on it at all or anything like that. So I was like, fuck, I don't want to wear like regular earbuds yeah. with this. Or like like uh you know, I don't want to plug because you can just plug regular headphones into the back of the headset. Right. It's just like a regular headphone jack. But uh so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And so and I ordered a uh Pulse 3D headset. Oh, okay. Um, whatever the new one is. Yeah, right. Is it called the Pulse 3D? It's something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3D, Sony. Yeah. So they have they have the Pulse 3D and then they have like the fucking Pro model or whatever it is. Elite. Yeah. Um, But the, the, the Elite version just like – I don't think there's anything super special about it other than it has like – better microphones or like some other some crap. Shit, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, the thing's fucking ugly. I don't I don't really like it anyway, but I was like I just looked up real quick. I was like, I bet they designed this to fit over the VR2 headset perfectly. Yeah. And I just like looked up real quick like on Reddit. I'm like, what the fuck? And people were like, yep, fits perfectly. So I was like, great. Ordered it. Ordered it 100 bucks. Came a couple days later. It actually came on Friday. Yeah. Got it. Set up, 
Works great, dude. I fucking love it. It's so is it wired? It's so nice to not. It's wireless. Oh, so like it's so nice to not have. I mean, you can use a wire, but I have it wireless. Is it a dongle? So it's nice to not. Yeah, that's the pro. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, so is it the thing that I don't like about it? Is it's got a fucking dongle? Like, why does it have a dongle? Why is it not Bluetooth? And so, or why does it not like? Even if it's not Bluetooth, it should. It should natively pair to the ps5 like why do i have to have this fucking dongle now thankfully there's two usb ports in the back of the ps5 so i don't have to have the dongle sticking out of the front where i have like my charging cord and all that stuff so i just stick the dongle in the back of the ps5 forget about it technically you could say it is kind of nice because then i could take that dongle plug it in my pc and i could use the headphones for the podcast or whatever like you can use it because it's got the dongle you can use it anywhere Mm. not just on your ps5 but um yeah i mean better than the earbuds that came with it. it's better yeah it's it's more comfortable for sure sound earbuds and the sound quality, I would say, is more low end. Probably, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's better, but it's definitely bassier. Yeah. Like there's more low end for sure because yeah. it's got the bigger drivers in it. Um, I played Beat Saber with it right after I got it, and it sounded pretty good. Yeah, like I said, it's 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 got a lot more low end to it, but. Um, I don't know if any of the games that I've played have true 3D audio enabled because this headset is theoretically it's 3D audio enabled with to work with like the PlayStation's right. 3D audio yeah, the Dolby Atmos chip or whatever, or whatever the is. fuck it is. It's in there. I don't know what it is. Um, so it's called like I don't know. I might have to look. It? Yeah. Like maybe the um, it's coming out like I don't know fucking tomorrow or something. The the. Uh, um, Last of Us 2 remaster or whatever the hell it is. I wonder if it's got the Tempest audio enabled or whatever. Right. Because if it does, maybe I'll check it out just to excuse me, see how that works because I've never really experienced it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to say that because uh, we're, we're talking about hardware. And they announced these, I think, at CES last year. Yeah, I could be I wrong about right. that. That and the VR. No, no, no. It was, it, it was, it one, it was at the showcase. Okay. Remember? Because they had the, they announced the the little earbuds too. Okay. And uh, I looked at the earbuds, but I was like, you know what? When I'm like moving around with the VR headset and stuff, like I want something that's going to stay in my ears. Right. Like I I wouldn't mind the earbuds for like using them at work or like on my computer yeah. or whatever. But like I don't know that I'm going to want them for playing VR. That's so, cool though that you got that. That's cool. and the headset was a hundred bucks on Amazon, so I picked it up. And I'm seeing right now, you can actually buy the black version at Walmart for $80. Ooh. So I bought the white version just because it would match the the headset. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, yeah, just like most of the PlayStation styling right now, it's fucking ugly as shit. But it uh, it works really well. And I, I really like how the, the earmuffs, how they feel. Like they're very comfortable. Good. So I just huh. thought I'd throw that out there. If, if anyone's him hawing, you just have to deal with the dongle. But I just plugged it into the back of my PS5, and I don't have to fucking think about it ever again. See, it's frustrating. It's like kind of a. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie; it does have a little bit of a 
chintzy feel yeah. to the build quality, but I'm right now I'm not really worried about it. Right. It's just like the buttons and stuff. You know how like whenever yeah, know you've got mean. like little little buttons in like sometimes it feels a little chintzy. Yeah. Like how they press, like the click, like it's something's it's weird not about satisfying it. Satisfying to push them in, yeah, right. Yeah, so there's a little bit of that, but that said, I like it, and uh, I'll probably be using it some more. But I guess we can close things down. Yeah, yeah, nothing else left to say. Uh, that's annoying the dongle because uh, the fr- the the front USB C uh, I use for the the headset, obviously, mm-hmm. and then the the USB input or whatever I use for a charging cable for my controller. Mm-hmm. And then because uh I have all these PS4 games and uh stuff I have I have my PS4 hard drive. I think I have a hard drive plugged in. No, I don't know. I think I have something plugged in to the, one of the USBs on the, both of them. Something's plugged in. No, maybe don't only use one. I know I have another charging cable plugged into one of the back so that I can charge both of the VR2 hand controllers at the same time. Dude, just buy the fucking dock. Do you it's have so it? Nice. And it's so nice. Yeah. For and what? It's like 50 bucks. For the, for the VR controllers. Oh, I didn't know they had a dock for the VR controller. Yeah, I bought it when I pre-ordered the headset. I pre-ordered the dock too. Jesus. And it's it's like – I want you could probably Does it set the helmet on there too? Or just the controller? No, it's it's literally just a cradle. You set the two, the sense controllers in it, and it just charges them. Um, and then you don't, ha- and it plugs into the wall, so you don't have to worry about using. Yeah, that's what I got to do then. If I'm going to try to do a, a different headset with that, yeah, interesting. There is a because then you don't have to use two US. Because if you want to charge them both, you kind of have to use two USB. Which ports. is what I do when I done playing. I plug each one in. Right. Yeah. Interesting. All so, right. Well. Shit. Much advised. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got today for the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed episode 310 of PS This Is Awesome. And uh, we always appreciate support. So head over to Patreon if you have a dollar to spare each month. Hook it, hook it up, and then we'll send you a sticker. Make sure to like or subscribe or ring the bell on YouTube. Uh, even if you don't watch us over there, go find the episode and give us a thumbs up on it real quick. Um, that helps us, uh, you know, just get, build the audience a little bit. You know what I mean? Know what I'm saying? You feel me? You dig? All right. That's all I got. Jake, um, let's get out of here. It's Sunday. We got to work tomorrow. Uh, thanks again to all our listeners. We'll be back next Wednesday or earlier if you are a patron of the show. So like Silent Hill 2, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice and Shadow of the Colossus. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.